0: All right, let's do this.
1: Sweat Equity Podcast and streaming show, the number one comedy business podcast in the world. I don't give a shit. What? You, I didn't say that. You better give a shiz. You should. Pragmatic entrepreneurial vice with real raw dog talk. No, still doing that. I'm still doing you that. You got to write me better copy. I only read what the copy says.
0: Well, chat beat GPT and let it write the copy. It's better than that.
1: Can you get the flavor of the show? We, I mean, look. I don't give a shit. There's no one better at comedy meets business in the podcasting world. We're the best in the world at something, isn't that cool?
0: Yeah, that's a fact.
2: Fucking
1: thing sucks. We're gonna have our homie Tomer Hen come back on. Uh, you know, if you listened to the episode before, he's a biohacker, like that stuff. But he, he hit us up to come back on and talk about uh, storytelling, finding your niche audience. So this is gonna be fun. Uh, listen to us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. If you need a website, which you probably do because you're a human in the professional world or an entrepreneur or trying to get your side hustle on, get a Squarespace site. Fuck WordPress, Weebly, Wix. They're all garbage. We ride that Squarespace train. Woot, woo woot, woot. woot. Uh, if you want to get a free trial and hook this show up a little bit, hit up uh, our little hyperlink, a hyperlink. Wow. In the description. I use Formal. I use Ooh. the formal protocols. Yeah, and uh, if you want to be our BFFs, subscribe to the pod, rate it five stars, write a little short review, a little something something, makes us feel good, and share this show with a loved one or, or someone hated you hate. One, yeah, or someone or we really need co- that
0: chat. ChatGPT writing new shit for us.
1: Do it. You set it up. I'll read it slowly. And if you want some merch, I'm wearing my DILF tank top. It's on SweatEquityPod.com on our store. Little merch. Sesh. Let's get it started. Hottie Dottie! It's called Sweat Equity. <laughs>
2: Listening to the Sweat Equity Podcast. Um, All right, guys. how's it going? It's going well. I just got back from like two weeks in Austin, um, we're an e-commerce conference with my business partner. Um, like he's the organizer of the conference, and it was good. And things are very busy. What, and I'm-
1: well, let's let's talk conferences. What do you get out of this? Oh what do, I? Because. You know, I, part of me feels like I should attend some of these. That makes sense for me. Um, but at the same yeah. time, I don't want to waste time, effort, and money on something. I, I don't know. I'm not.
0: I feel like networking yeah. is the number one thing you're doing.
1: Right. But if you're an attendee versus, uh, having a booth is a way different kind of scenario in my experience with different trade shows and other verticals, um, you know, what is an e commerce uh, Everybody's
0: conference. on their laptops
2: yeah, so I completely agree with you um i I think that my rule of thumb is any conference with uh, a four digit number of attendees is out of my scope, so I really like the ooh that's
1: a good rule intim- yeah
2: In, and i I just made it up by the way um but um I don't like those, I used to go to so many like huge conferences, you know, tens of thousands of people or thousands of people, whatever, and you just get lost and, you know, you get all this adrenaline and you meet a bunch of people and oh my God, that's the best thing ever. And then you go back and then nothing happens. Mm. And, and just feel like, yeah, I mean, I could have just gone to a vacation that would probably be more useful of my time. Um, Mm. and I mean, not, not all conferences, but if you go to a conference, which is very um, targeted, the audience is carefully selected, usually those cost like a lot more, like, you know, it could be a few thousand dollars to attend, Um, then people come with a specific intention. So this conference, I mean, it's called a conference, I mean, it sounds like really big, but it's only 200 people. And these are 200 people who are not coming, there are no sponsors for this event, there are no like booth, like nothing like that, just like, Amazing speakers like billion-dollar company founders and and very inspirational speakers that come on stage. Very you know uh, low-key stage, you know, nothing fancy. So everything like get, everyone gets to know each other and you just hang out in a very good atmosphere. It's uh, in a you know on a seven-seven acre ranch in Ooh. Austin. So
1: in hill country, totally we're we're in vibe. Austin. B Cave Road.
2: I it's it's near B Cave. I think it's 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 in B Cave.
1: Oh, did you hear that? Yeah, great. Yeah, great.
0: Someone got it right. The Austin
2: Geography
1: Award near uh, Burton's Creek. Oh yeah.
2: So you are you based in Austin?
1: No, no, no. I was gonna move there at one point.
2: Like to look at maps.
1: Yeah, I I do. I actually do. Um, Me too, though. That that's. From being bored in the back of a car yeah. with no Game Boy battery. Look at the Atlas.
0: Memorize the Atlas.
1: I'd look at Farmer's Almanac for some reason we had in the car and, <laughs> and uh, ran McNally maps because, uh, you know, that's what you do. Right. Other than yeah. staring outside. Are, are strawberries in season? Look it up. And I can't fall asleep in the back of a car still. Um, no, I, I was going to move to Austin uh, in like 2011. So I had one job opportunity with a mutual fund company that moved everything from Santa Monica, where I used to work my first job out of college. They, they were moving to Austin for tax purposes, you know, kind of ahead of the curve a little bit. And yeah. could have gone that route, CFP route, but I, financial systems, it's not, it's not super exciting for me. It, I worked at a mutual fund company. These guys were like Wolf of Wall Street alpha it was like, yeah, that's dude, not, that's not these are 10-year index funds, small right. value index funds. Um, and then at one point I was interviewing when Facebook moved their ad department to uh, Austin in about the same time, 2011 maybe. I was uh, you know, interviewing there and at the time I thought I was probably going to just move there anyway. But uh, I had my then-girlfriend who became my wife and now ex-wife. And uh, that's why I stayed in uh, Cigar City, Tampa, which I love. So I me went, too. Yeah, and Austin from the comics I hear that are over there because Rogan's got the comedy mothership that just opened. Yeah. There's yeah. like twelve clubs now or something insane. Comedy clubs? Yeah, that's like
2: for that are like fifty
1: for a, 50. for a city of maybe one point five million, yeah, maybe two
2: million,
1: yeah, something like that. Yeah, and so. I think it's an interesting look at a city that is tech booming, you know, um getting a lot of headquarters of big financial or big just big corporate firms going there.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, I feel like Rogan did the comedy thing like all by himself. Uh just deciding to move there from California.
1: Yeah, I um, yeah, well and then you get a couple more people, you get a couple more people, COVID's there, you can't do shit in California, you could in Florida and Texas, you know, they opened up and that You know, and look, I I left LA because in 2010 because I was like, if I buy a house, at 800 grand for something near the airport, you know that's not that great. And yeah, you spend I I was spending an average of three and a half hours in traffic. Now you're in LA, right? In LA, yeah. But if you're doing e-commerce, you're not probably having to drive around the whole county, nope, which is the second largest county. That fact. Oh, yeah? Jacksonville is Jacksonville, I knew it. You Duval, let me say it first, Duval is the biggest city by land, and then uh, L.A. is the second biggest. And I that, know. What, which one's the first? Jacksonville over in Florida, where Leonard oh, okay. Skinner's from, and Yellow Card, okay. and Stained, and Fred Durst of Limp Biscuit,
0: Mark Brunel. Right.
1: Yeah. A lot, lot of notable people there. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. uh But yeah. You know, Austin's great. I love it, but I feel like it's a town that exploded too much and now it, I don't even know if it's hit its its tipping point yet, but it's interesting to follow. Like 6th Street it seems th- to be like worse than Bourbon Street now.
2: What? Uh, in Austin?
1: Yeah, there's like a fight every night.
2: Oh, okay. violence. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. You guys don't follow I, fight I, I, fight uh I'm accounts not subscribed on Twitter. Subscribe to
0: that YouTube channel. No. Uh, mm,
1: well, mm. Mm.
0: Well, I don't know. You also don't subscribe
2: uh, to white people like, looking at magic. And, like,
0: right. Well, that one
2: Two I do nights in, in Sixth street. And I'm like, okay, I think, I think I, I got like what I need from this place and I'll just move on. Oh. I'm, a, I'm
1: a SoCo guy. I'm a South Congress kind of man. I'm just, uh, I'm just yeah. throwing all these Austin things to piss Eric off. I'm yeah. kind of a SoCo kind of guy, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. South Congress.
2: Know say Keep it up. Say SoCo, but that's you know, cool.
1: near Zyker park where they do ACL, yeah, Austin yeah, yeah. city limits. Yeah. You probably haven't been, um, <laughs> I saw Stevie wonder and Kanye ACL it was awesome. He didn't see you though. Ooh. Nope. Wow. Laser sharp
2: quickness there.
1: <laughs> Whoa. I'm out. But the hate was right. in.
2: We, we so, can start then.
1: No, we we were going, this is all in. We keep this all in baby. Um, yeah, yeah. that Stevie wonder bit that stays. Yeah. Eric's never cutting that out. No. That's the quickest he's ever had a joke. Ooh. Um, well, Shreddy. so you, we rarely get a uh, guest that, uh, write such a, an eloquent, nice email, uh, afterward after listening to some episodes. So we're tickled. pink. Thank you for that. Yeah. We're tickled. pink Made you. My did day. That. Thank you. Um, oh. you listened to John lift, say, live, say, yeah. uh, the storytelling, uh, what was his nickname? Like the,
0: uh, pitch whisperer. Yeah. Is what you, yep. uh, mm-hmm. Did you come up with that or did he come up with that?
1: Yeah. That's on his, that's, that's his a, tag. I think he's got that IP on that.
0: I will say he is easily, uh, becoming our most popular show. Yeah, no. Everybody's like, that's the best one in a long time.
1: Well, it's something, regardless of business, everybody can get around, right? Storytelling is as old as anything, any oral translation, right? You can talk about the Bible and how it was written probably way later and kind of edited later, but the stories were orally passed down, right? Mm -hmm. And stories matter. It's kind of that thing where uh in framing things in that in that way we're kind of we already have that disposition to listen to that kind of story mm-hmm. you know- mm-hmm. with one two three acts you know, yeah, but you hit us up about that um i don't wanna i don't wanna uh get over my skis here, but you it dealt with niche audience kind of finding targeting finding uh I'll let you kind of chew the fat on uh on of all this like growing so, your community i know there's a lot there was a lot in your email and so i'm trying to to i'm trying not to give away everything but yeah i just want to let you kind of throw it out there
2: yeah okay so you know i just i just had this this conversation with a brand founder that i helped um take his brand or launch actually launching his brand and getting to the first fifty thousand dollars a month um and his problem was his problem in in his eyes was that his audience is too niche and this is like music to my ears because i think that so many people are getting sucked into um you know reviewing um helium 10 and jungle scout and all these tools of um you know where can we find the best keywords that or the best product that nobody's selling, but millions of people are searching for them on Amazon.
0: Googling and helium like, ten and what was the other one? Jungle, Jungle Scout?
2: Scout. Jungle Scout.
1: This yep. better not be a porn site that you're tricking us into.
2: Oh, we gotcha. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, so it's like, I mean, it, it doesn't happen, right? So, especially so. Th- this was a supplement brand, and I don't want to give too much details on his audience, but it was very, very neat, right? It was like. Dads who play a certain type of sport.
1: Pickleball.
2: Right? Yeah. Let's say it's pickleball. Okay. It's not pickleball, but let's say it's Okay. I hate
1: pickleball. So, but yes.
2: Pickleball playing dads. So he's like, yeah, I can't find them. You know, I have I have I have groups on Facebook that that you know of, of pickleball players. I have groups of dads, but there is no pickleball playing dads, right? And to me this is where his biggest opportunity was because obviously there are many dads who are playing pickleball and his supplements were there to support and help those dads to improve their game, feel better, feel more energized, recover better, all of that.
1: PEDs and for pickleball? You're juicing to play pickleball? A game you move five feet left well, and right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
2: I know. No, I know no, you're making I, an example. It's, it's not pickleball. Uh, yeah, okay? I know. It's
1: much more <laughs>
0: intense than that.
1: Disc
2: whatever golf. that yes. is. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So, But well, that was a good example. So anyway, um, his opportunity is in the fact that there are many dads who experience the same problem, but nobody actually speaks to them. So as a brand founder, unless you want to spend so much money, especially when you're in a category like supplements, I mean, there, is not, there, there isn't a specific supplement for pickleball players. It just this, this specific formula just works really well and it could serve them. And then a the brand is essentially the communication that you have with your customers, how you, the content that you create, um, the, the, you know, how you solve their problem, just making them feel like they're seen. This is where they'll buy your brand versus the number one product on Amazon or whatever. So your goal is to show them that you are their only solution for them and you get them more than anybody else. And if you can't find them, this is where the opportunity gets really interesting. Because that means that nobody else has already served this market to a point where there is not much to give anymore. And when you will rise as their hero and say, I know that you are that person and I know that you have that problem and I have the solution for you, this is where they listen. And when you can tell them, hey, I know how hard it is to be, um, you know, to place pickleball with your kids, friends, whatever, and get so tired, whatever, right? I'm just making this up. And this is why I created this supplement. And most brand founders are not going to do that. Most brand founders, the easiest route would be to just spend a bunch of money on Facebook or try to hack the algorithm on Amazon instead of doing the groundwork of, communicating with those people and it could be as 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 simple as writing a few posts in a Facebook pickleball group that has 70,000 people in it and when you talk about the problem or you talk about the solution suddenly you have you know 50 people who say yeah I experienced that or I was looking for that solution or uh, I use this product or whatever and this is how you build a brand and obviously I'm not talking about um, you know Brands who are making ten million dollars and want to grow to fifteen, that, that's not right. gonna be the They do an
1: the audit of control. the whole market. They're doing an audit of potential markets yep. and who the yep. com- competition is by price point, all that. Yep. We're talking, yep. we're talking startups. Up. Yeah. We're talking less than ten million revenue a year, less than a million probably with this scenario. Yep. I'm um, talking about
2: getting to your first fifty thousand dollars a month.
1: Right. Right.
2: And it's not that obvious when you're going to a very, very crowded category like supplements or better for you food or skincare or whatever. But it could be not crowded if you know who you're speaking to and you are so narrowed down with the, with the audience that you're, that you're serving so they feel like you are their only solution you are the best solution for them they don't care that your that your supplement costs 40% more than everybody else because you are the, they don't compare you to anybody else but what most brand founders miss is like yeah but what about the other 50 million people who could buy this product true but there are so there are like five other 5 million other companies who are competing for everybody else so there is nothing unique about you so you can create that uniqueness and that uniqueness would come from the person you're serving, mm. right? So, for example, with with one of my brands, Switch Supplements, we sell nootropics that help you feel better, get more energized. Um, that's called On Switch and then Kill Switch is our nighttime um, hot chocolate that just puts you to sleep and makes you stay asleep through the night. It's a cool name. Essentially, mm-hmm. everybody could enjoy this product, but We serve entrepreneurs. We serve entrepreneurs, business owners, people who need to get more done, who want to accomplish more. They need to sleep better because they need to wake up super refreshed. So people always ask me, like, why do you you only say that you are a supplement company for entrepreneurs? Because everybody could buy those supplements, right? Yes. But if we create the content that is targeted, instead of saying, get better mental clarity or whatever, we say get more shit done.
1: Yeah, less burnout. Well, you empathize yeah. as, as one. So that makes it a little bit easier to kind of get that yeah. message, you know, the tent poles of what, yeah. don't yeah. burn out, get rest, feel refreshed. Yeah. Uh, we get more, cel- we get celebrate
2: more our customer stories. We, when we get a testimonial and someone says, you know, I had this horrible day, I had all these client meetings and, and I couldn't go back to sleep, but then your product really helped me. And then we share it with our community, with our email list on on Instagram. People resonate, with it.
1: yeah, and compounding trust in the product.
2: Yeah, yeah, and like, oh, I experience that every day. So your product can help me, and obviously, other people would enjoy it too, right? We're not rejecting anybody else, but we're just marketing to and we are speaking to a very specific person. And I think that nowadays, after the e-commerce boom of of twenty twenty one now that everybody's trying to go into e-commerce but actually everybody's realizing that you know e-commerce is super crowded but it it is crowded if you're trying to sell a product it is really not crowded if you're trying to solve a problem to a specific person and i'm not saying this in a um you know you know in a fluffy way it's if you really take your brand and you see it as how can I serve this person better, which means that I create a specific type of content, I reach out to them in a specific way, I know who they are, this is where they will buy. Yeah, right? It's not just to say, hey, yeah, we serve that person. It's really just a business decision that will help you grow your brand better.
1: Even better if no one's in that niche, right? Um, like you're saying in that example. I keep thinking of Yeti coolers as you we were talking. because
0: mm-hmm. well, it reminds me of podcasts.
1: Or yeah, dude, podcasts. That was another one.
0: You know, there's a million right. podcasts. But the one that made the
1: niche. the one that made the most money, was uh, This is maybe seven years ago. I heard this. The one that made the most money was an equestrian podcast. Right. Didn't have it uh, who's that
0: audience? Didn't have a lot People of listeners. Who are but rich yeah. as fuck.
1: But he That's ended up leveraging are. that into like some kind of brokerage auction house too. And you yep. using the podcast that way.
0: Should we pivot to like a CEO only podcast? Oh, there's so many talk of about those. our private jets.
1: We, yeah, but you know, CEOs, like Butler, are, CEOs at that level ass. are psychos. And I think you and I would just be like, Hey, how many people have you killed? Um, <laughs> uh, because to be a fortune 100 CEO, you have to be pretty much all ego, very little empathy. Um, wow. I think, uh, but I kept thinking of Yeti coolers because that was a thing. I, I guess because of dads, and dads gravi- gravitated around that. Or Tervis yeah. Tumbler, the cups. You yeah. know, like that became a thing for tailgaters, and then it expanded into every team. They got licensing, and then now it's but the those standard. Two, they
0: cup. have their own like technology, right? Like they have their own thing where it was like. It's not like a, a white label supplement those cups no those cups service like, tumblers they like those you know, cups they don't have been around do, forever i I don't know if turvis tumblers have been I think really, they are have like a special technology to keep things hot or cold and all the shit you want to do. I think their
1: brand messaging worked on you dad all right well <laughs> but I, those cups have been can around you find me a I a, know this because turvis uh artifact my we'll friend talk. my friend goo he might he might listen to this Fake episode story. I don't no. It. They put family pictures in those cups, those kind of cups like in the late 90s and we used to clown that we go over his house and get those cups. To I get drink that out of.
0: there were the 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 two like the chambered cup with the right. little yeah, thing. Yeah. That has existed, but I'm saying like Turvis has a special thing.
1: Yeah, but I'm I'm saying like I'm just thinking of dad products that kind of took off, found the niche, then they would start applying to all the verticals well, that's of different my, niches.
0: My point is that like most of the time, that's not what you're dealing with. Most people don't have something revolutionary. Lots of times, you have something. That yeah, you're right. Is out those, there. The, both of those are. I, but you can Travis target is it. is not at, that
2: unique,
1: though. I don't think it's. Well,
2: that whatever.
0: Linear. I'm just saying. Yetis like,
1: definitely. Um,
0: you know, but you, you target know, I, I, it in a certain market in a certain way. I'll
2: fight at the you. Conference dude. that I was uh, I was at. What? What? Last week, um, one of the speakers was uh, the founder of Black Rifle Coffee. Yeah familiar with them yeah right? it's a billion dollar public company that just came out a few years ago and they're already worth a billion dollars and they sell coffee right ground coffee, or mm-hmm. coffee. and you're asking, okay what, why why someone or not just someone they're like a billion dollar company would just rise just like that for a commodity like coffee and he was talking about the fact that they were just so obsessed with serving one specific person and maybe i'm not i'm not accurate with how i i, I describe their one audience but it's scary
0: their person
2: <laughs> David Petraeus white gun owners right mm-hmm. whatever that's the one and all everything that they do is there to celebrate and support that person it has nothing to do with coffee it, it, they're not talking about energy or the aroma or all of that. They're just talking about what they believe. They believe like all of the other brands were like, you know, lefties that don't really care about an audience. And this is why people are like, you know what? I'll just spend my $25 or $18 or whatever instead of paying that lefty brand to Black Rifle Coffee. And
1: yeah, well, that, Starbucks That was the same
2: dates with uh, Jamie's, Jamie's, Jeremy's uh, Razors, right? Um, who I think it was the, the founder of the Daily Wire who just, um, uh, who just battled um, Harry's razors. I think it's Harry's razors. Who, who, who just stopped advertising at the Daily Wire because of, I think it was homophobic, whatever, comments by the editors. So they decided to stop advertising their razors at this website. So so to counter that, the Daily Wire launched their own razor brand, which called Jeremy's Razors. And if you've seen this video, they got 10,000 subscribers on Autoship before they even launched. I think it was in a day or a week. I'm not not sure. But from one single video that simply said, Harry's Razors don't think that you, um, as a conservative person, should enjoy the razors. So it's instead genius. of paying them, pay us.
1: Yeah. Right? Jeremy's razors, uh, yeah. in March of, uh, 2020, the co-CEO Jeremy, uh, boring opened a line of subscription based razors like Jeremy's. That's so funny. I'd, I'd never heard that story.
2: Yeah. And, and, and just recently, I think it was maybe a month or two ago. Um, so they were super successful. And then Hershey's, I think it was International Women's Day. And Hershey's had a transgender in one of their ads, one of their commercials um, for International Women's Day.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, and, and, and Jeremy's Razors were so upset that they have a transgender woman on this commercial. So they decided that they were going to have their own chocolate brand. Yep. That has nothing to do Jeremy's with... Jeremy's chocolate. ...feminism or whatever. Yeah, Jeremy's chocolate.
1: Now, th- you and think they're going to do a Bud Light counterpart? What color is your car? Black? <laughs> Jeremy's cars. Well, the yep. the yep. Daily Wire is very conservative, for those that don't know. Ben Shapiro is the other co-CEO. Brilliant guy, but very conservative. Um, and that's really funny. They, a bit vindictive as well. Um, A little bit. Uh, I. You can't say you you and I, if we're in that position. Oh, I'm thinking, how same. can we do this also? Yeah, how yeah, can do we do same this?
0: Same. We can do this. We can figure that out.
1: Well, we I want to make sure we give you enough time to give, you know, we've kind of been dancing around the theme of problem solution, right? Uh, 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 if you have an e-commerce product that's under 50,000 in sales a month, problem solution. That's what you got to think to your audience. You got to find who that audience is, Right. Um, you have a framework for finding that audience that might deal with community-based, you know, kind of, what is it? UGC. I always mess that acronym up, but really lifting up. Uh, I think a UGK, the rapper every time, um, but lifting. And I've wanted to do this, but I've been so tepid to go full bore for this show to do it. Cause it's a lot of fucking work in the beginning mm-hmm. and it's something you got to be consistent with, but creating that, Facebook group or that Reddit thread or or subreddit or a Slack open Slack group or discord. I don't even know how to use that. I feel like my dad with an iPhone when I opened that up.
2: Yeah. But
1: creating these online communities that create a lot of strength. Uh, You gave the example earlier of the dad supplement product that they're getting feedback about that niche as a user in that group. And they're getting valuable research they can't get anywhere else. Um, now, if they can assess that properly, it's not just one-off complaint that they're getting that info. They're, they're seeing a pattern of that. But tell us how, how do you get that started? How do you, how do you get all, uh, all boats to be on a rising tide?
2: Right. Yeah. So there are different ways where you can access your potential customers. And I'm not talking about Facebook or TikTok, I'm talking about strategies. They could either be borrowing someone's audience, aka working with an influencer, who's already have the access and the attention of your target customers, so why won't you just use them? The other way is to build that audience. So you can create a Facebook group, you can create a Discord group, by the way, I have no idea how to use Discord as well. Uh, oh, and you God. can, I mean, you you can you can create a, a um, an Instagram page, whatever, right? Uh, although I prefer like, a closed community that you can control. But you can either build it and then have people joining that community. It could be through um, ads, it could be posting content, it could be just inviting one on one. You can tweet about it and DM people. You can you can do all sorts of things to get there. If you and and all of that is in case you don't have the capital to you know, invest $10,000 on ads and just blow a landing page and, and get all these leads. Um, so two, ways, two main ways that it's either build or borrow. And I really like borrow because building an audience of your own when you're just getting started is cool. But for most people, it's very, very, very time consuming. It's out of their scope. And then an entrepreneur starts to think like a content creator And then they're getting freaked out. And then, you know, not all all entrepreneurs or most entrepreneurs are not content creators. But, you know, watching a few YouTube videos and everybody thinks that they need to become a content creator if they want to succeed in business, which in reality is not true. There are many businesses that you are. But if you want to build an e-commerce store, if you want to build an e-commerce brand, you don't need, you don't have to become a content creator. Um, You can just work with a content creator because guess what? They are most of the time, are not very sophisticated entrepreneurs. So you provide them with an opportunity to monetize their talent instead of you trying to figure out how to be to get their talent and get their audience and get where where they already are. And you know, many times those uh, uh, influencers are broke. You know, they're looking for more brands to sponsor their content to provide them with equity. Many of them would love to have their own brand but you know they don't know how to do it they don't have the time they don't have the skills the team whatever so if you could create those relationships with influencers and if you can have five or ten influencers and give them just each of them just one percent in your company so they can promote it and 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 let you um get access to their audience you will move way faster than trying to build it yourself and try to control everything. So this is why I really like just working with influencers who already serve your potential customer. So if you want the blueprint on how to do that, yes, you can have a Facebook group and you can have a Facebook challenge and you can, you know, you can do all of that. But for I know for a fact that for many entrepreneurs, it seems like so far out from their natural skills and their natural like uh, motivation to wake up and, and and you know open a Facebook group when in reality. it could be way easier for them to just create those relationships with influencers and the compound value that they could create from one, two, five relationships is so much greater than trying to build it yourself. So I would just find the influencers that your audience is already paying attention to and start building relationships with them. And the relationship should start not from a negotiation place like, "Hey, would you promote me if I pay you?" It should be from a very um, uh, relational or from value-giving relationship, which is in your case as an e-commerce brand. Hey, can I send you?
1: Can one I send you, you a sample? Products? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. See if you like it. You know. Yeah.
2: See if you like it. Don't ask for anything. We're not looking for anything. We just want you to try it out. And guess what? Out of a hundred that you will send, and these are. Hard facts. At the end of the day, between 20 to 40 influencers will post about you. Out of those who posted about you, just because they liked it, just because they appreciate what you did for them, and just because you kept the communication with them, you can deepen the relationships with 10 of them. And then out of those, you will have five brand advocates that keep talking about you, that love what you're doing, that really believe in your product, really enjoy your product, and that's it. You don't need more than that. If you have five good influencers who keep talking about you, you have a million-dollar business, if not more.
1: How much have I told you on this show I love Israelis? <laughs> yes, all the time. I, I love I want to go to Tel Aviv so bad on vacation. Right. This is why you you're Forbes 30 under 30, son. Um, no, this is really good insight, and you're, you're right. Why create it from whole cloth? When you might be able to leverage other aspects, find a specialist to be that content creator because you need your dollar per hour is best spent being the entrepreneur generalist um, and delegating. Um, very interesting stuff. And you gave us some... We don't get into Amazon e-commerce too much, but it is a whole different lane. Yeah, It's a whole... E-commerce in general is just... A, it's other beast. We're more in the lead gen
0: yeah.
1: kind of side of, of marketing. But e-commerce... I, used, I started in supplements. Huh. Uh, that's how I got into digital. And it, um, you know, got sued by the FDA for $25 million. Anyway. Um, not your fault. Not your fault. Green, pure green, uh, what is it? Green coffee bean extract.
0: Green, green tea. Who knows?
1: Yeah. And uh, Garcinia Cambogia. And then it was in every store. Yeah. <laughs> uh, time. Good times. Great oldies. Hey, um, look. We're horrors for any, anybody listening. Tomer included. If you want to send us any product, we will whore ourselves out because we like free stuff and we don't get much of it. Yeah. So I just okay. saw uh, I just saw the CBD hat laying around here. Yeah, Graham coat. Somewhere. <laughs> we will. We will. Uh, we'll push oh, switch supplements for you, nootropic for entrepreneurs. Um, but uh, we gotta go, man. This was a lot. Right, you're very informative. Thanks for reaching out. We'll have to get you back on uh, in a couple months, man. I feel yeah, like right. we got so, a lot more. So we got a lot more. Sweet going. email. Yeah, I want to be eating out of your hands. I want to. You need to sell this framework. Message Tomer for framework that he doesn't have ready <laughs> you to find go.
2: Find on Twitter if you like.
1: Okay, uh, what is it? Uh, Tomer Hen on uh, Twitter. Tomer Hen. Yeah. Just, All right, just like that. We'll right. rock on. Thanks for coming back on, and we'll have you on Thanks, in a couple guys. months, man. All
2: right. Thanks. Thank you guys. So yeah.